When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist. I could go on forever. Apologize if that's obnoxious. <laughs> Thank you once again for joining me today. Great pleasure looking outside with some snow on the ground like it's been most of the winter, I suppose. And gray skies and the temperature just reached 10. Double digits for the first time in quite a while. About a week and a half or so. So, yeah, that's here in the Twin Cities, of course, Golden Valley, Minnesota. Minnesota Wild finally played a game, I guess. Uh, I guess they played a game. It was just one of those. It was one of those. Minnesota Wild lose 4 nothing to the Los Angeles Kings. So, yeah, it was it was one of those. That's about the title of the episode, but no. Nah, eh, maybe, maybe. I mean, it's, there's more to the episode than just that one game. Uh, it was one of those. <laughs> yeah, I ranted a little bit about the power play on Twitter and Facebook a little bit. It was like, yeah, not too much. But And it's like, okay, yeah, the power play has been bad pretty much the whole year anyway. Maybe a little tiny spurt here and there where, oh my God, they got two power plays in one game. Two power plays in one game. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? But we're last place in the National Hockey League. 31st with a 6.7 power play percentage. What? I mean, that's f- freaking awful. I want to say not bad, eh? But uh, not good, eh? <laughs> yeah, not good, eh? <laughs> it, it's, it's not too good. Penalty kill sixth. Obviously, we're not scoring goals. We're pretty good in goals against. And da, 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 da. I could go on with those kind of statistics forever. Nobody scored against the uh, Los Angeles Kings. Greenway's still the leading scorer. Cam Talbot's been out. Kakinen's, you know, he's still young and developing. His goals against average is just under three. Apologize for that. Random thing. Coffee maker staying. Okay, I'm out of here for a little bit. Saber percentage at 90. You know, it's just kind of run-of-the-mill right now. You know, statistically, Cabo Kakinen's run-of-the-mill. But, of course, long-term, I think he's got starter potential for this club. Very happy that he's at least the backup goalie for the Wild. Though, he's been pretty much a platoon in terms of games played because Talbot was hurt with a lower body injury. And then the COVID-19 and guys are... Playing like, you know, their guys are playing like they're in a different time zone. The ones that were quote-unquote healthy enough to play. And then you got the, the taxi squad guys and AHL guys. Well, at least we're playing again. Yeah, at least we're playing again. I mean, yeah, it wasn't fun to watch. It was not. Fun to see the, the specific stars of the team, of course. It's nice to see Fiala again. That's good. He had some scoring chances, some scoring chances. He had a, <laughs> He only had one official shot on goal, though. The Los Angeles Kings played a good game, to be quite fair. They were very focused. They were very tough. Defensively, they blocked a lot of shots. The Wild would have opportunities, but not enough, obviously. Zach Creasy's vanished on the face of the earth. He can't even get a shot on goal anymore. Marcus Foligno said he felt super tired. He was the initial uh, COVID guy. He was the index, uh, what do they call that, case, I guess they call that. Index contact, that's what they call it. Um, It is what it is. Jerry Mayhew, Gerald Mayhew, he's a quad four player. I keep calling saying four. He's a quad A player. He's a four A player, quad A player. He is. He's too good for the AHL, but for some odd reason can't do anything in the NHL. He he can't. Um, I don't know why. He just can't. 
golden opportunities that wound up being a whole lot of nothing. Luke Johnson's just kind of, you know, he's a run-of-the-mill AHL center. God bless him. He can play in the NHL when needed. But uh, the lineup is what it is. You got Matt Zuccarillo playing on the fourth line, but he's playing again. So, okay. Marcus Johansson's invisible. Can't win a face-off for his life, and he can't do a hell of a lot else. I don't know what happened to that guy. I don't know. Um, Drew Erickson Eck was the main center, of course. Not too surprising. You got the center, Caprizov and Fiala, off and on throughout the game. But generally speaking, nothing special. You got to see Kalen Addison have his debut. Looks promising. We'll see what happens. Dumba was probably the best defenseman out there, which... You know, I mean, regardless, you know, Dumba's kind of all over the place. It's not necessarily saying much if Dumba's the best defenseman out there, but, well, we'll see. I mean, I'm not trying to rip him. It's just funny to think that, he, once again, he's going to probably be exposed or this time traded. Uh, otherwise, he will be a Seattle Kraken, most likely in the uh, 7-3 uh, situation, 7-3-1 deal, where he's uh, seven forwards, three defensemen protected, but maybe you might, might want to go the other direction. Because maybe you have too many forwards, and not all of them are all that great. Uh, and, of course, you got to protect certain players that you don't want to. I mean, who wants to protect Parisi, uh, Parisi uh, and Zuccarillo right now? Not me. Uh, I mean, it would suck to give up Felino or Greenway to Seattle. But, uh, well, we'll see. Maybe you just go with that three and then uh, deal Dumba away. <sighs> Dakota Mermis, nice story. Uh, related to, uh, I almost called him Randall McDaniel. Ed McDaniel, Minnesota Vikings uh, linebacker back in the day. I believe he was an outside linebacker, not a middle linebacker. Um very solid linebacker for the Vikings for quite a while. He was the MVP in 1995 for the Vikings. He had an ACL and uh, training camp before 96. That was very devastating because that team could have been pretty good. It's just the gosh darn defense wasn't any good anymore. Went from great to not good. It's funny when Tony Dungy leaves, but that's how it goes. Uh, Louis Belpedio, solid at being able to move the puck. Matt Bartkowski, Bartkowski is like, you know, he's a bottom pair or a decent AHL defenseman. Like an above-average AHL defenseman or a bottom-pairing NHL guy. So many guys out. Uh, Ian Cole out. Jared, Spur Jared Spurgeon. Funny. Um, you got to promote uh, temporarily Marcus Foligno. I mean, I think anytime any of the captains are out, Marcus is going to get an A on his chest. Spurgeon, the captain. The other two captains were playing. Suter and Parisi. Yay. Neither one of them looked like that good. Obviously very expensive for what they are at this stage. Nice to see Matt Roy playing again. Uh, hope everything's okay there. And I'm sure uh, Kevin Fiala apologized again. I hope he did. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, looks like Mr. Walker is not playing still. The guy that got hit in the face from Mr. Uh, from a uh, uh, from a dumb bomb from Dumba dumb bomb. He got some shots on goal, but generally speaking, we made Jonathan Quick look like the real Jonathan Quick. He looked like Quick Man again. You know, he was well worthy of that name, Quick Man. You know how you hear a lot of Mega Man themes in this episode or on this podcast. Quick Man, Mega Man 2, you know, one of the toughest toughest opponents and probably the toughest level in that game. Unless you have the Flash uh, weapon, which uh, prevents those lightnings from, uh, lightning bolts from hitting you and killing you in one hit. You know, that kind of stuff. Retro games, sorry. Nick Bustad, Bukestad is about as useful as a bugle right now. Uh, I don't know. He, he just, I don't know. <clears throat> it is what it is. I'm not here trying to badmouth the team. It's just, it's unfortunate. It's a crappy situation, and, uh, you know, and, well, yeah, Panino's out. He can win face-offs, and that's about it. We're we're limited. We're limited, even with uh, a healthy group of players. We're still very limited. Obviously, defensemen were very strong, almost too strong, because some of our prized prospects have been stuck in the system or overseas, in Brendan Mendel's case. We'll talk about him shortly in this segment. Uh, I'll get to fan interaction later on, of course. Two segments show, just like last week. Actually, no, this is going to be three segments again. <laughs> I'm getting mixed up, because now I'm actually previewing games again. I'm, like, stuck in a different time zone here for a second. But, uh, no, the, the Dakota Mermis, nice story, but generally speaking, he's probably probably what he is, kind of like fringe, AHL, NHL, in and out, that kind of guy. Good story, though, and God bless him. Uh, Kalen Addison, solid debut, but Kind of like Brendan Menon last year, you know, not, nothing going necessarily, but uh, at least some, some solid signs, some good signs that there's something there. Obviously, good skater and some certain, um, some definite potential. But generally speaking, a depressing game, and we made Jonathan Quick look like the Kings were winning the Stanley Cup again. The Kings were very tough to play against back in those days. Physical, tough team that could score a bit, and of course had the best goalie in the league. Certainly the best American goalie in the NHL, and Jonathan Quick. I mean, the Olympics starting goalie, no question about it. And Jonathan Quick out of Connecticut. Connecticut. Hartford. M must have been a Hartford Whalers fan growing up. 
Ah, Brass Bonanza. Would love to hear that again. <laughs> Maybe I'll hit that one for this show sometimes. I probably should. Brass Bonanza. That would be a beauty. But, uh, yeah, I'll get that <laughs> at some point. I, I like to scoop little sound bites off the, uh, you know, different little uh, apps and such. But there isn't a whole lot to say about this game other than we just looked sluggish. Guys weren't healthy. Guys were missing. And, you know, ones that came back, they look still look kind of weak, this and that. Kind of like people recovering from the flu, you feel weird for a while. It's just a fact, and then other people believe about uh, long-term side effects from COVID-19 and this and that. I'm not 100% on that, but I guess some people have effects from everything. It is what it is. It's just it's just nature, I guess. So, <laughs> that's not a uh, sarcastic laugh. It's a nervous laugh. It's just, it's unfortunate. At least we got to see Kaprizov and Fiala out there together. Very cool. But other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? How was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? So let's move on quickly here, uh, if we can possibly do that. So I think what I'm going to do for today's show, I only reviewed one game. So I'll put the preview segment together here with the uh, one game, and then I'll have a specific prospect segment where I probably won't ramble on as much now because I can't, even though if that's fun ramble to talk about the prospects, I'll have to slow down. i got four games to preview, so I better get moving right now. 18th, that would be today. Heart Day is what I call it because of a personal reason. If you're on my Facebook page, I guess. Uh, February 18th, Minnesota Wild head to Anaheim, California, Honda Center. Honda, the 6, 7, and 5 Anaheim schmucks will play the mild because we're kind of mild right now, unfortunately. Not trying to be sarcastic. It just is what it is. Uh, they give up only 14, or they're 14th in the league in goals against because they have probably, uh, they have one of the best goalies in the league. I've seen him get multiple shutouts this year. One against, uh, was it Vegas? He shut out Vegas. He shut us out. Yeah, well. And then a guy named Max Comtus is, is emerging nicely. He's got nine points. So Anaheim's quietly getting a little better, even though their record stinks. They're getting better. They have three of overtime losses during the course of the season. Of course, the Wild again, Brodine, Talbot, Rask, um, you know, many other players, obviously, Bonino and such out. And then the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Sonny Milano, Sonny Milano. You know, he sounds like he's uh, part of the Godfather there, as an upper body injury. Sonny Milano. Okay, sorry. Uh, Josh Manson, oblique. He left the game on the January 18th. Hasn't returned apparently. And Brendan Gould has a sprained MCL. Ooh, you didn't say lower body injury. Ooh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Paul Fenton ripped there. Uh, the Wild and the Ducks, 29th and 20, 28th and 29th in the league in goals for. Neither team scores goals. Terrible power plays, both 31st for the Wild, worst in the league, 29th for the Schmucks. And 8th uh, in goals against the Wild, actually doing better than Anaheim. It must be because of our defenseman, because Talbot's good, but he isn't John Gibson, is he? He's not John Gibson. Penalty minutes were kind of both in the semi in the middle. Uh, the Ducks are actually doing pretty good about that, pretty disciplined. And we both have excellent power uh, penalty kill, pardon me. Sixth for the Wild, fifth for Anaheim. So we're very similar clubs. Wild, I think, have more scoring, obviously. A little bit more. It's just, unfortunately, you know, it's not showing right now. But uh, after getting shut out multiple times by, well, Gibson and Quick now, getting shut out in Cali, I guess that's nothing super new. We'll play the Ducks five more times after today's game. I like these late games because it helps with my shift. We're 1-1 uh, one one so far this year. Again, Gibson shut the Wild out one nothing. A while back. It doesn't show the day anymore. Come on, man. <laughs> and then the Wild beat the United Ducks not too long ago, 3-2. to two. Uh, I wish it would show the day in those games. That's kind of dumb. But, of course, Wild are 0-1 so far in the last five games because, well, if we go back to February 2nd, we lost 2-1 to to Colorado. Ducks have been kind of win-loss, 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 win-loss. So that means if this pattern continues, the Ducks beat the Wild tonight. Uh, we will play the Ducks twice, so I get to preview two games in one, which is good. You know, it makes the segment a little bit simpler. They lost to the Sharks 5-4. They beat the Sharks 2-1. <laughs> they lost to Vegas 5-4. They beat Vegas 1-0. Yep, that was John Gibson. And they lost to the Sharks again 3-2. That's kind of funny how, it's, again, you're playing the same team over and over and over and over. and uh, You get the idea. A lot. Playing each other a lot. Um, so, again, speaking of which, let's back up here. Briefly, yeah, we play the Ducks tonight and Saturday night in Anaheim, California. Where do you go from here? I think the Wild split this series, split this, uh, split this little, you know, late week series. We can call it week into weekend series. I think the Wild split it 
Uh, then again, do we, though? What am I talking about? There's just, you know, we have four defensemen out, or is it five? Ian Cole, Hunt, Spurgeon, uh, Susie, that's four defensemen. Ooh, we pattern obviously has been traded away for a Cole. That's not news anymore. Um, man. Ooh, boy. Oh, and Victor Rask is out, too. Boy, that's a big... No, I kind of like him, but others don't. Ricard Raquel, seven points on the season, only one goal. They just don't score goals, and that's the hope. I mean, and Kevin Shattenkirk, could you could possibly pick the worst team to go to, Kevin? Kevin. Unless they, they, they must have offered him a lot of money. Because in Tampa, he was obviously flourishing with all those offensive players, all those studs, you know, that those great lines there in Tampa, and even offensive defensemen, this and that. He goes to a team that never scores, and he's not a good defenseman, really. He's more of an offensive defenseman. Kevin, 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 where are you, what are you doing? Anaheim? I don't know, man. Oh, boy, it's going to take time for the Wild to kind of get back in the swing of things here. I Yeah, I'm going to predict it. John Gibson's going to get one of his, he's going to get his fourth shutout of the year in one of these games. I'm going to believe the Wild are going to squeak out a win in one of these, like a 2-1. to one. I think a fantastic defensive effort. The Wild managed to score a couple goals, like a, a goal for Fiala, a goal for Kaprizov. That's what I'm believing. Or one of them just gets two goals, and that's about it. I'm not going to pick Parisi or anybody to score. But I think we're going to somehow split, and we're going to lose like 2 to nothing in one and win 2-1 to one in the other. Uh, I think the Wild... Why do I have a bad feeling that there's going to be a shutout streak on the Wild? Like, they get shut out tonight and then win Saturday night 2-1. to one. Maybe it'll switch. It doesn't really matter, but I think the Wild win one of the games 2-1, to one, and you'll have a multi-goal game from Kaprizov. How about that? Both goals will be scored from Kirill Kaprizov. Fiala will get at least one assist on the goal on those goals, and we'll have multiple chances. That's my belief that uh, Kaprizov will have a multi-goal game in the 2-1 to one win over the Ducks in, we'll say, Saturday. I think the Wild gets shut out again tonight. Isn't that great? Then we get to play the Sharks coming up here. 22nd, Monday, in the Shark Tank. I guess you could call it that. It's also the SAP Center, SAP or SAP. That's one of those office softwares, that kind of thing. Radim Simic and Eric Carlson. Eric the Eric Carlson, the friendly ghost, who's never, you know, he's not the same guy. Not even close. Uh, 29th in the league for the Wild in goals. 26th for the Sharks. Power play, the Sharks are 21st. The Sharks have a 21st place power uh, penalty kill, pardon me. Hmm. Yep, this could be, you know, the Wild could have some points in this game, some goals in this game, pardon me. This could be the well-oiled game. Maybe we get maybe we get beat both times by Anaheim. Maybe Gibson shuts us out twice or something, or just stymies us to, like, one goal in two games. That'd be rough. Oh, that'd be rough. But it could be. That's how good Gibson is right now. But the Sharks, obviously, their goaltending situation has not been good. It's been a uh, split so far. Wild beat the Sharks 4-1. to one. That was against Doobie. And then we got beat 5-3 to three. not too long ago. I'm ticked off that there's no date. I'd have to click on it, and that would kind of mess things up a little bit. Maybe not too bad, but a little while back. If I'm curious about the dates, it's not super important. But why would they get rid of that, though? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Uh, one little piece of note here, uh, just for the heck of it, since we're talking about the Sharks, and you got Brent Burns and such, and, man, he's having a down year statistically, but... It's not a good team. Bottom line, it's not a good team. I remember he started really slow last year, too. I remember he got like a second goal of the season against us, and then he just took off. Uh, Carlson, only four assists on the year. That's it in 13 games. Hurdles, you know, doing well. Couture, seven goals for him. Evander Kane's obviously a dangerous stud player. Ryan Donato. Ryan Donato, a half a, a half a point a game. Three goals, four assists. He's been playing on the top line, but that's not saying much in San Jose. Not trying to be a jerk, it's just reality. Again, they lost to the Ducks 2-1. They beat the Kings, them being the Sharks, 4-3 on the 9th of Feb. Feb 11, 6-2 demolition. Right, they got killed by the Los Angeles Kings. Hmm. Lost to the Vegas Golden Knights, did the Sharks 3-1 on the 13th. And they beat the Ducks 3-2 most recently on the 15th. Did the Sharks, they'll play St. Louis on the 18th and 20th, and then play the Minnesota Wild two days after that. So it's just a, a game on, gay day off, game day off, you know, type of situation, which is not bad. You get, to, you get consistent games, but at least they get to rest. That's important, of course. Martin Jones averaging Martin or Martin. No, I'm just joking around. Three three point two two goals against average, save percentage of 89. Double D Devin Dubnik is 0 and 3 on the season in four games started. His goals against average three. 0.76 sound familiar from last year. Save percentage 88 and a half. And of course, zero shutouts for the Sharks. The Wild have a chance 
So say we struggle real harshly against the uh, Anaheim Ducks. It's just we just can't score. Defensive-minded team, great goaltender. Here's your chance. Like when the Wild used to play the Edmonton Oilers, and the Oilers were lousy, and back in the see, this is back in the day when the Oilers were just terrible, and the Wild needed to get something. They needed to shake off the rust. Well, oil. How do you get rid of rust? Oil, or at least how do you get things moving again? Oil. You know, that's how I used to look at that. That's how the Oilers were. And I think the Ducks are kind of that team right, or the Sharks, part of me, are that team right now for the Minnesota Wild. I think this is a win, believe it or not. But then again, maybe not. Uh, if Kapokakinen is sharp in the game, or somehow Mr. Uh, Cam Talbot is good, we'll get this. Boy, it's really tough to get too, too optimistic right now with the current makeup of the roster. Obviously, the center position is a disaster for the Wild still, and it's never going to get better until a significant move or two is made. I have a feeling Ryan Donato is going to score against us. Wouldn't be surprised at all. He'll probably get at least his fourth goal of the season in the game. Wild are going to win. I'm going to pick a wild win, like 4-3, to 5-3, th- to uh, empty net type of situation. The Wild actually score several goals in the game, which is, that is a lot considering right now. Kalen Addison will score his first goal in the National Hockey League. Kalen Addison will have a multi-point game, a goal and an assist. It'll be his first game where he'll have some points. And the Wild win 4-3 to three or 5-3, to three, depending if there's an empty net situation. Maybe Addison gets his goal that way. But a goal is a goal. And if he scores, he scores. Woohoo! <laughs> and the Wild beat the Sharks, scoring a decent amount of points here. So let's move forward. One final game to preview. That would be against the... Colorado Avalanche. Ugh, not again. Oy. Well, they're obviously what they are. They're very tough. They're dangerous. Dennis Gilbert's facial injury left the game. That sounds familiar for Mr. Walker there, unfortunately. Hunter Miska, COVID-19 protocol. That's that backup goaltender that we played very well against. Kale McCarr. Happy Valentine's Day. Upper body injury on Valentine's Day around that time. So we'll see with Kale McCarr. Whatever upper body injury it is, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea what the situation is there. It's a week away. Is he going to play? I don't know. Uh, Colorado leads the season series 2-1. to one. Demolition 5 nothing in the first game. Wild win 4-3 to three in the second against Miska and then get shut down pretty good by Grubauer very recently. 2-1. to one. That was the last game before COVID protocols took over the Wild season temporarily. Um, see, right now, we would have been in the bye week at this time, but these are some of the rescheduled games here with San Jose and Anaheim and such, kind of getting things back in the mix here. It's the only way to get things going. Uh, Colorado's 10th in the league in the power play. They have the best penalty kill in the league, so special teams are fantastic in Colorado. Best penalty kill in the league and the 10th best power play. You'd think it would be like the opposite, wouldn't you? But I don't know. I mean, they have good defensemen, don't they? Kale McCarr could skate around anybody. He is unbelievable. Eighth in penalty minutes, meaning it's like the other way. Like, the less penalty minutes, the higher the rank. The Wilder, yeah, moderately disciplined. Colorado slightly better, which is hard to believe. It used to be the opposite there. We'll see if some of our guys are back by then, and that would help. But this will be a loss. This will be a loss for the Minnesota Wild. Un. Fortunately, um, yeah, it's going to be a loss. This is probably, yeah, this is a rescheduled game because this was during the bye week. This is probably the postponed game, so it's been rescheduled here. So we're back to eight games again. At least I'm pretty sure that's what game this is. It must be February 24th. That is next, uh, is this next Thursday? So I probably shouldn't even be previewing this game, but it is what it is. <laughs> I think it, nope, it's next Wednesday. That's perfect. Then we'll preview back-to-back Kings games and move on to March, basically. Oh, boy. Nathan McKinnon's one of the best players in the league. We know. He always misses a couple games. He's got 15 points on the year in 12 games. Kale McCarr, 12 points in only 11 games, and he's he's pretty much the best defenseman in the league now. Man, I wish he was on the wild somehow, but uh, it is what it is. Brandon Saad having a really nice uh, season. He's having a really good year. He was always kind of a middle-six guy for uh, Chicago, he would be dangerous and frustrating. He'd magically score against us all the time, but he, generally speaking, he was never that great with uh, Chicago. He's having a pretty good year with Colorado. So, there they go. Here come the Colorado Avalanche moving forward and having some success. See how that goes. But Colorado wins 4-2, to 4-1, to one, something like that, 3-1. to one. And the most likely guy to score for Minnesota will be... 
Kevin Fiala. Kevin Fiala will at least get one goal against the Colorado Avalanche in a loss, a 4-1, loss to the Colorado Avalanche next Wednesday. With that, we'll take a quick break, and we will, because I'm not going to pass out any type of awards this week. It was one crappy 4 nothing game. The James Shepard Memorial, COVID-19, injuries, blah, blah, blah. Just, what the hell? Terrible. Terrible. Even though you could give it to certain players for being invisible all year, but they all were invisible in that game in a lot of ways because of the COVID-19, you know, just bad luck and bad health and this and that. So, with that, we'll take a break, and we will look at the prospects, and then move on to fan interaction. back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. This time it will be the prospect segment all by itself. So definitely another unorthodox episode, but totally fine. It'd be cool to have like a full-on prospect segment. We'll see how the show evolves in the next couple of weeks and months and years and all that. You know, the show's always evolving. <clears throat> Gonna go to facebook.com forward slash MNW prospects right here. So we'll cite this. Obviously it's from Michael Russo, but you know, it's, uh, shared from Justin Bakke there. MNW prospects, great guy. Uh, Justin Bakke, of course, Pablo Bennett. Brandon Quast, Chad Walski joins in as well. Merrick Skyba was a part of it before. I don't know if he's been lately. Doesn't seem like it. And I need to be more involved. But, of course, uh, my, my the leagues I cover, the Q, QMJHL and BCHL, have not been active. Once they are, I'll be active keeping up with the prospects for Minnesota. I don't think we really have any right now. I'm going to keep up with that, though. There's a lot of WHL guys. Uh, according to Michael Russo, very uh, recently, the Minnesota Wild have returned defenseman Damon Hunt. Of course, he was on the Iowa Wilds recently to the WHL Moose Jaw because he plays for a Canadian-based team. He needs to get back ASAP for 14-day quarantine, then camp. So WHL about to get things rolling. That's cool. Adam Beckman was also with WHL in Spokane. That's Washington, not in the uh, in Canada. So uh, let's go back here. Adam Beckman will stay in Iowa another week or two before returning to Spokane. No quarantine since it's U.S. Yeah, he's U.S.-based. Yep. Yep, so that makes perfect sense, of course. Brennan Mantle picked up an assist in the 6-4 loss. to uh, That was yesterday, no, a couple days ago here now. Uh, 20 minutes of time on ice, 35 points. Yep, 5 goals, 30 assists in 34 games played. Thank you very much, Justin, also keeping that up there. Keeping up with uh, Brennan Mantle there in the... Uh, He's actually in the KHL. Yep, doing a hell of a job. And then you get the <laughs> Kalen Addison. They're confirmed that, yep, we're confirming that he was moving forward and joining Matthew Boldy. A couple games, four assists. He was the prospect of the week. According to MNW Prospects, I agreed with that. I had a vote, and I agree 100%. Um, man, what a week. Two games. He had five points, pardon me. Four, four assists, one goal, four assists in just two games. An amazing weekend for Matthew Matt Boldy pretty cool. Caitlin Addison, he looks a little bit like Eric Carlson, just needs his hair a little longer, I guess. But what else is new? Yeah, an amazing, amazing Graham. Uh, he was the co-player of the week, was Matthew Boldy. Co-player of the week with seven seven shots, five points. And the hockey's co-player of the week. Wow. That's kind of funny when you think about that. Um, yeah, Boldy ultimately had a uh, strong week. Jack McBain also, again, uh, this list put out from uh, Pavel Bennett of the Czech Republic. Of course, he's the mastermind of uh, MNW Prospects. He says, uh, yep, we have Boldy. It's a list of Boldy, five points, one goal, four assists. Jack McBain. Jack McBain of Colorado. Uh, I just called him Colorado College. Boston College. <laughs> four points, one goal, three assists. Of course, two games in that case. Adam Beckman of the Iowa Wild. Game-winning goal. That was pretty cool. Game-winning goal. Wild were down. Iowa Wild were down two to nothing. Came back and Beckman finished it off against the forgetting the name of that team. The Hogs, I believe. Yep, against the, I don't know why I'm blanking. Chicago's minor league affiliate there in the AHL. Nikita Nestorenko, goal and assist in two games. Hovi Hovinov in the VHL. One goal in one game. That's funny. Yeah, Giroux also had a goal. Yep, he's been playing very well. He had an assist, yep, assist from Dewar. That was the play. Dewar, who's been leading the club in the AHL. Sokolov, an assist in two games. Barabo. Barabo, pardon me. Barabo. That even sounds better anyway. Um, solid, decent, 55 saves, 92 save percentage. Solid performance with Matt Boldy. End up getting the uh, player of the week 
for the prospects. So yeah, I'm going to refer to MW prospects for that. Just kind of the hot list of players and this and that. Like we, like I just said, Brandon Mantle, 35 points in 43 games. Yeah, it's cool to talk about the prospect of the week and such from MW players and the list of the candidates during the course of the week. It was Nadina of 12 games played so far in the KHL. Somehow I got a feeling something's not 100% there with that one. I want to check that out on, on Elite Prospects. Otherwise you got uh, hockey database, hockey DB. Who's Nadinov? Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, that. What am I talking about? Yeah, he injured his shoulder. Yep, he injured his shoulder. Uh, a collision into the wall, and I don't know if it was a separated shoulder or something. It must have been. He couldn't move it at all. I mean, you could tell it was a shoulder right away with the way he was kind of leaning over and holding on to his arm. The way he was holding on to it, like just kind of holding it in place. It must have been a separated shoulder. For uh, who's Nadinov? He's going to miss about four months. He's going to probably not play again this year, and why can't we have good things? Why can't we have good things? You know, you got Marco Rossi with that heart condition from COVID-19, the weakening of the heart muscle because of an infection in the heart muscle. Um, as it heals, he'll be able to return to normal life again, but uh, man, and then you have who's a need off a severe shoulder injury. Ryan O'Rourke playing for the Iowa Wild very recently, Damon Hunt also. Pavel Novak, we'll get back to him in a second. Let's look at the uh, Iowa Wild. Uh, Ryan O'Rourke, so far three games. He's a minus three for the Iowa Wild. Gabriel Dumont is the official leader in scoring. Connor DeWeer, four points in four games. Kalen Edson has three assists, of course, now with Minnesota. Sokolov, three points. <clears throat> Adam Beckman with two goals. He had a goal in his first game. Then the game winner the other day, he will stay with Iowa. And he's, he's competing at the AHL level. That's really encouraging. Adam Beckman is for real. He's not just some hot shot in the juniors and he's going to do absolutely nothing everywhere else. I don't think that's the case. Uh, Belpedi only one point so far in the AHL <clears throat> and one game in the NHL again. This is third NHL game overall. Mason Shaw has been out there skating. He got an assist in that one game. I don't know what's going on with him. I think he's on the taxi squad. That's why you're seeing the grayness there. Uh, and, and Will Bitten had an assist in that first game there. That was in that comeback win against Chicago's minor league club. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Hunter Jones. Barabo yeah, has been the... Uh, I'm kind of confused about what's going on here. He's been on the taxi squad for Minnesota. I suppose he would because if something happens to one of the two goalies, I mean, boy, oh boy, he's got to be the backup in the NHL. Hunter Jones, of course, only that one game gave up seven goals. Oh, oh, and he had a lot of shots faced as well in that game. Sean Boudreaux, late round pick uh, about two years ago now. Two goals so far, or two point two games so far, but no points in the AHL. The AHL as we move forward. Ryan O'Rourke, yep. I, I don't know. They haven't moved him, have they yet? I don't think they've moved him out of Iowa yet, which is interesting. Um, he's still there. Kind of confused, yeah, because the Greyhounds, isn't that... That's, that's uh, yeah, but maybe they're not starting up very soon. That's why the... Uh, uh, OHL. They're not starting up as soon as the WHL. So, yeah, because Greyhounds, that's Canada. you got to think he's going to be uh, out. So, I don't know. Matt Boldy, of course, Colorado College. Colorado, or I keep calling him Colorado. Boston College. 19 points in 15 games. He's over a point a game. He's outstanding. Five-point weekend last week. Boy, oh boy. Uh, only six goals, but that's fine. You know, he's got a ton of assists, and you know the goals are going to come. He's going to get into double digits, and he's going to get into the 20s and beyond during the course of his career, moving up into the professional uh, level. But 19 points in 15 games for Boston College is turning into an absolute stud of a prospect. First off, still at 11 games, must be banged up, unfortunately, for the U of Connecticut. Hunter Jones, he's, you know, that one seven-goal game, unfortunately, for him. Beckman, we talked about him. Guskov, Matvey Guskov of the London Knights. He's been in the CSKA Moscow and not a whole lot going on. Not a whole lot going on for him so far. Bubble Novak. The Czech, the Czech League, 10 games, 1 assist so far for him. Maybe we'll go back a little bit. And it sucks about, uh, yeah, absolutely sucks about uh, who's Nadinov. For some reason, I'm like blanking. I'm like, wait a minute. He got hurt, didn't he? And yeah, he did. He hurt his shoulder. Oh, that sucked. Yeah, the collision in the game there in the KHL and then Next thing you know, he's, or, uh, he's holding on to his shoulder, and that was all. That was all. Big, big, big shame. Uh, obviously not scoring a whole lot in the KHL yet, but uh, uh, the injury, just a huge freaking shame. 
but sometimes that's how it goes. And of course, Damon Hunt moving to the WHL Canadian team there in that case. What's going on with Damon Hunt? Yep, he is in the, yeah, he's in the same league like I was talking about. It's kind of all over the place. He's been loaned a bit. He's been playing in the under-20s, this and that, but only one point so far for uh, the, Czech, the, the regular Czech League. And then the second Czech League, he's got four points in nine games, one goal and three assists. So Pavel, no Pavel Novak, nothing too special yet, but of course a super young guy still developing this and that, obviously in the early, early stages of his young career. McBain, how many total points does he have on the year? 18. He's over a point a game. Who would have thought Jack McBain would be over a point a game, but he is now. Uh, he struggled so mightily as a freshman. Got a little better last year. Now he's over a point a game for Boston College. Five of them goals, 18 total points in 17 games. Love what Jack McBain's doing for the number one Boston College club there. Hovanov as we head towards the uh, the VHL. The Victorious Hockey League. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, it's... Uh, Yep, it's literally the minor league affiliate for the AHL. It, it is what it is. You know, they have an AHL type of a, a league, too. 24 total points thus far. Eight of them goals in 30 games for Bars Kazan. It's AK Bars Kazan if you're in the KHL, which is Bars Kazan if you are in the VHL. Moving forward, of course, again, Connor DeWare, one of the leaders in the AH, uh, AHL for the Wild thus far. Philip Johansson, as we head overseas again, 10 total points now. Uh, five goals, five assists for <laughs> Philip Johansson in 35 games. You know, not the biggest point producer. He's a good puck mover. He's, he's got a motor that never stops, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's pretty much what's going on. Again, Damien, Damien Giroux had one of those big goals that helped the uh, Iowa come back and win not too long ago. Ivan Ladnia, he's been, yeah, I don't know, invisible. That's about Ivan Ladnia, unfortunately. He's with Iowa, but nothing's happening. It's just, I don't know. Come on, Ivan, let's go. Come on, Ivan Lodnia, let's go. Uh, luckily, he's still only 21. Hopefully, there's still something there. But, boy, I, 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 it's it's sad. It's frustrating. But it's just one of those type of things. There's not a whole lot you can do. Bryce Misley of <laughs> the University of Vermont. Oh, boy. Hoping, hoping for more and more from him. He's got two total points on the year. He got a second assist recently in 10 total games. For Bryce Misley. Nick Sweeney, obviously again, senior now for Minnesota Duluth. 23 total points. He's over a point a game. He's having an outstanding senior year. Nine goals in 21 games, 23 total points. Like I was saying, he's going to shatter his career high of last year. Only 26. He's going to shatter it. He's going to get over 30 for sure this year. And AHL bound, I gotta think, at the very least. He's an alternate captain for the club. Now, one of the leaders, again, a senior for Minnesota Duluth. Nick Swainy is somebody who, for some strange reason, wasn't in elite prospects. He wasn't in elite prospects, and I, I'm not sure why, honestly. Yet. Sam Hanches was? I don't know. I, I think Swainy's a little closer to the NHL than Sam Hanches, but both of them seventh-round picks. One by Fletcher, one by uh, Mr. Paul Fenton. <laughs> God, I love Paul Fennon, don't we? What's going on here? What is up with this? This is weird. There we go. 13 total points in 19 games. Seven of them goals. At least he's scoring goals, I guess. But certainly not standing out that much. And he's already a junior. So, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like Sweeney a little more. But that's just me. I guess we all have our preferences. Uh, that's just my, my point of view, I suppose. I think Sweeney would, be, would rank a little bit higher if I was the judge between those two. But what do I know? I'm, I'm just an idiot behind a microphone, right? <laughs> that's just my, that's just how things go there. Nikita Nestorenko, I believe I mentioned him, obviously. Yes, he had a very strong week. Still only 19 years old. What a strong, strong freshman year for Boston College. 16 points in 17 games. Seven of them goals. Yep, he was a point-of-game guy for the Chiliwack Chiefs a year ago, and I enjoyed covering him. I really did. Marshall Warren. I thought I had him going here. This page is driving me crazy, but... Uh, Again, the yeah one more Boston College player, Marshall Warren. He's been kind of all over the place, but generally speaking, he's not much of a scorer. Yep, still stuck at six points on the year, two goals in 16 games for him. But again, a 
He's always been a plus player. Everywhere he's gone, he's been a plus guy. He's a plus 12 right now. He was a plus 22 last year, plus 29 for the uh, the juniors last year. I mean, in the U.S. U.S. Hockey League, plus 29. He only had 23. He only had 13 points in that season, but he was a plus 29. Just a solid guy. You know, got a little bit of that Jonas Brodeen to him, I guess you could say. Uh, where he'll he'll have a bit of a shot. There'll be something there, but he's more of a defensive-minded, focused kind of overall intangible guy. And he probably has NHL in his future. It's just going to take time, like everything else does. And he's a left shot, which is suddenly quietly creeping up to become a bit of a need, especially if uh, Carson Soucy gets taken by Seattle. Left shot defenseman is all of a sudden going to be a need. I remember years ago, we always talked about a right shot, right shot, right shot. Well, we have like five right shot defensemen. That's, you know, <laughs> we have like about five of them, basically. If you want to count everybody, you go with uh, Spurgeon, Dumba, Menel, Addison, Belpedio, that's five right there. So five defensemen that probably should be in the NHL, at least at some point in terms of like uh, uh, Addison, of course, is going to, you better hope he's an NHL player. Belpedio, I think he's closer because he's older. He's not, he's not going to be anything special, but he's solid. He's okay. And I think he deserves a crack at the National Hockey League with that said. But uh, great week by Matt Boldy. Amazing. Just, you know, five points in two games. Philip Lindbergh. And, yep, he's not been put back in the net, unfortunately. I don't know why. Put him back in, damn it. Come on, UMass. UMass, don't be an ass. Yeah, they've gone back with uh, Matt Murray, Matthew Murray of UMass Amherst. He's been the main goalie most of the year. Strong goals against average. I understand. Two goals a game. He's 9-4 and four on the season. Three shutouts for Matthew Murray. Two shutouts though, for Philip Lindbergh. He had one bad weekend, and then he had two phenomenal weekends. And that's it so far, unfortunately. They've not been putting him in. Matthew Murray's been the main starter for UMass Amherst. The good news is Matt Murray is a senior. That's the good news. So that means Philly, Philip Lindbergh next year, or Lindy or whatever you want to call him, will be the starting goalie next year. At least he gosh darn better will be. As this was his sophomore, nope, his junior year already. What the heck? It's already his junior year. So, well, he'll be a starter as a senior, full-time starter. And hopefully he has a hell of a run for UMass next year. But um, it's funny, there's a guy named Matt Kessel in that club. Yeah, man, strange, strange. But um, 22 years old already. That's weird. But that's how it goes. I guess he was drafted as a, after his freshman year from UMass. Usually they get drafted before they go to college, but not all the time, I suppose. With that said, we shall wrap up this uh, prospect segment to come back and talk to you guys out there, those of you that are willing to interact with me on Twitter. It's greatly appreciated. We'll get to that right now. here on Brave the Wild, segment number three, looking at fan interaction. I'm going to hear a couple of comments from uh, Derek Felska as well. Derek Felska, preach and assist from the Sports Daily. Always a welcome, welcome member of this page and this uh, this show. Really, uh, like, the keys to the castle are yours, as they would say on the soda pod. <laughs> if we're, like, calling in, even on as a guest, sometimes it should be awesome. If my schedule wasn't so damn tight, I'd have him on frequently, very frequently. That type of thing. He was actually telling me off the mic here because it's stuff, you know, and I'm going to admit my ignorance on some of the uh, some of the Russian leagues and some of the, uh, the the overseas NHL, you know, over in the Euros. He was saying he has a couple of things he wanted to tell me that the MHL is, uh, is the Russian minor league and the VHL is the Russian junior league. So I'm just going to fess up and apologize to my ignorance on that. Um, I'd, I'd heard other things, but uh, I will definitely take Derek to, uh, for his word here. I, I don't doubt that, that he's accurate here. Other people just kind of floating things around like it's minor league, but it must be yeah, it must be the junior league for the VHL. So that's where Hovenov has been back in the juniors again, which, boy, you know, and he didn't want to play in the AHL. That doesn't make Hovenov look real good, honestly. <laughs> I'm, I'm just adding that in there. He was saying, yeah, Hovenov's doing well in the Russian juniors, which, again, doesn't look good for him. Like, he, uh, he did really well in the Q. Again, that's the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League that I really enjoyed covering. Uh, he was basically a 100-point guy for the Q. I'm sure the Russian Junior League is probably tougher. That's my guess. Because a lot of good, solid NHL prospects have dominated in the queue. 
in the past, like the Mario Lemieux types. But, uh, yeah, Mario Lemieux, gee, Mario Lemieux, he, yeah, I think he did pretty good, right? No, yeah, <laughs> Zen Kuzkov is too old for the Russian juniors, so he's in the minors instead. So, yeah, that's where the uh, the MHL comes in. I remember being confused looking at that, the MHL. So, yeah, that's Guskov, uh, the other prospect for Minnesota there in the MHL. And for some stinking reason, the uh, hockey database doesn't pick those up, but uh, Elite Prospects does. So I guess it's specifically prospects where a hockey database is like professional and then some prospect leagues, some prospect leagues like juniors and stuff, but not everything. Really, prospects is basically everything. Um, Derek continues, Aurora, Hunt, Beckman, and Beckman can play in the AHL, but will soon have to return to the CHL. Those are the, the junior leagues. When they, uh, when they return to their respective junior leagues, Giroux and Budrius, yep, they're overagers, so they will stay in Iowa. Yep, yep, that, that I, yep. That, that I completely understand. Yeah, Giroux was due for the AHL and Budrius. Yeah, he's happy to leave there. They're both over 20. And Budrius, we'll, we'll see how he can perform. So far, not so much in the AHL. And he was saying how the CHL and AHL have an agreement so that those teams can benefit having talent stick around until they are 20, unless they are good enough to be in the NHL. Having those players helps gate receipts of those uh, junior... Yeah, it helps the gate receipts of those junior clubs, yes, because, I mean, that way there's something to look forward to. You don't want to lose all of your best players right away, and then, then, like, nobody comes to the games. Yeah, so totally understand that. It makes perfect sense, unless, like, it's a guy that has to be in the NHL, so no AHL for some of those young studs like uh, Adam Beckman, unless it's, like, on loan right now because of the situation. It's a unique situation. Uh, also, he's saying, Derek Felska wraps up this little uh, comment. Uh, comment. That's me talking. Um, wraps up this... Um, Conversation saying that's why Rossi arranged to play in Switzerland so he could have pro competition. Otherwise, it was NHL or OHL only if he stayed and played in North America. Yep. So it's a little bit tougher over there than, say, the OHL. OHL, he might be just like, you know, just tearing everybody apart. Um, I really appreciate the clarifying. I had a feeling that's what the case was with the 20, the the, uh, 20 year old thing. I just never heard it officially before. So, but I I could kind of. I could kind of guess that. It seemed that like that, that's, that's what was going on, but it makes perfect sense, obviously, for so many reasons. Obviously, it helps the development of the player in a way, but it also helps in terms of, you know, like, so these teams can have their, can have people actually come to the games. Like, wouldn't you want to see some of the better players rather than only guys that are only good enough to play in juniors, and that's about it? Kind of like, you know, some of the AHL players, they're just AHL guys, like, you know, a quad-A player like... Uh, Jerry Mayhew. It's just unfortunate. He's a hell of a player in the AHL, but having him in the NHL, it's just nothing's happening. I think he should just go back to Iowa and dominate there. But I, 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 at least he's getting a paycheck, I guess, like a better paycheck with the uh, NHL club despite not playing officially in a whole lot of games just off and on. Of course, I guess right now he'll play a bit <laughs> for Minnesota. I'll try to move forward now. Thank you, Derek. That was cool. Good interaction there. Not sure what this one's all about. Okay, so Derek was asking, with all of the dysfunction continuing to swirl around their front office, that will the Arizona Coyotes still be in Arizona in five years, or will they be, will they be the Houston Coyotes instead? And then Houston also. I'm going to follow him. Might, might as well. Uh, he was talk, He was kind of having fun here with something. He has a Kodiak bear, looks like, as a as his <laughs> profile picture. He said, just so you guys know, saw some coyotes walking around the neighborhood about a month ago. Today, everything is covered in ice. It'll be a match made in heaven. Yeah, that is kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know. If, uh, this, uh, can you, Texas with another NHL team? I was kind of hoping they'd move to uh, uh, Quebec City or something, but I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're, it's more lucrative to wind up in Houston. Obviously, they had the Houston Arrows. That's a really good uh, AHL team. Really liked that team, actually. Then they moved to Iowa, of all places. But more convenient for Minnesota, I suppose. Welcome aboard Houston also, <laughs> if you're still kind to follow back. We'll see. I'll give them a follow. Um, that is kind of funny, though. And, yes, some scary tragedy going on in Texas as well. That was, uh, they, co- they call it a blue norther. A very scary, dangerous storm that comes through where the temperature suddenly drops like 20 to 30 degrees. Very fast-moving. Scary situation there in Tejas. Uh, Michael Christensen liked that one. Uh, so now I'll try to organize things if I can. Vigit. Vigit is vigging it. So I'll give them a shot there. 
Okay, so Jay Bushy, 20 hours ago, right? Yeah, that's good. He says, it was obvious. It was obvious that the out with COVID struggled, that the players with COVID struggled. How long do you think it will take them to get back to 100%? Some longer than others, I suppose, depending on the uh, side effects, this and that. I personally believe that it's, in a lot of ways, very similar to the flu. And I mean very similar to the flu. I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> you know, it could take a couple of weeks, but maybe a couple of days. I mean, I, I don't think we're going to be as bad as we were. Just, uh, I don't think we'll be as bad as we were a couple of days ago with the Los Angeles Kings. I think we'll kind of gradually get better. It'll be kind of a gradual thing day to day. That's kind of how I look at it. it it's day to day. Like when you when a player's injured or whatever, day to day. That's that's pretty much it. I don't think it's even week to week, but uh, maybe a couple players that maybe are affected worse week to week. And pray to God they don't have that similar strange heart condition that popped up for uh, Marco Rossi. Carlos. Yep, Carlos joins in, or is it, uh, yep. Ledesma, yeah, welcome aboard. Ledesma, hopefully I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Carlos. He says, would definitely be concerned if he plays elsewhere, but under the Wilds' watchful eye, our number one center next year cannot afford to have him miss any more time. He strikes me as a very driven, focused, and conscientious person, so he'll likely do whatever to stay sharp. I'm guessing he's talking about Marco. Rossi. Yep, there we go. Okay, he was responding to Derek Felska. Mar uh, Derek Felska said, Marco Rossi says he's feeling better even though it's already been announced he won't be playing with the Minnesota Wild this season. Would you be concerned if he didn't play at least if, if he didn't at least play in Switzerland or somewhere by the season's end? So Carlos believes he'd be, uh, Carlos feels he would be concerned if he, if he wasn't under the Wild's watchful eye. Interesting. Um, hmm. I'd like to see Marco Rossi play, but maybe if he's just able to practice and kind of get, you know, keep, keep his uh, keep his sharpness with the skating and all that, and I suppose that's what Carlos is saying there. <sighs> Boy, maybe it is best that he doesn't play, just, just because. I mean, you know, I I understand you can't just put guys in a padded room forever so they never get injured, and then, they'll, then they'd be the weakest people ever, basically, if they never ever play or do anything. And then he'll never be anything close to what we were expecting. But, uh, oh, boy. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I'd love to see him play, but maybe it's best that he sits out and just kind of lets it go. It's probably for the best at this point, unfortunately. I'll lean towards Carlos on that one, I suppose. Uh, JoJo on that beat says, I'm on the fence on this because he's the first in almost every franchise category that matters. So when you're okay, this is about Koivu. Yeah, I know these, these are responses. Yep, these are responses to Derek's questions. <laughs> he says, if the Wild do not retire Miko Koivu's number, what should the standards or prerequisites to having their jersey retired by the Minnesota Wild? What should the standards be, basically? Uh, and then JoJo says, I'm on the fence in this because he's the first in almost every franchise category that matters. So when you are retiring a number, doesn't his fit? I understand two-way player, blah blah blah. Not greatness by any means, but what? Well, well, when your stats are tops in the organization, what's the argument? Well, it depends on how invisible the whole franchise is, I guess. In statistics, oh, I'm kind of on the fence as well. I will say they probably okay. If I have to make a gavel to gavel opinion right now, as frustrated as I got as I got with Quavo at times and how mediocre he could be at times, because he could be very mediocre. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like I was trying to say something, and then it's like, ah, uh, then I get second thoughts right away. Uh, okay, how about this? Wait on it. I think we should wait on it, and I would say wait on it at this point. I mean, you can always do it later on at this point, because, I mean, I wouldn't retire Parisi's number or Suda's number. I wouldn't do it. I mean, nothing happened. The Vikings didn't retire Randy Moss's number. The Timberwolves haven't even retired Garnett, but that's a different reason. I mean, they would have obviously retired Garnett, even though we didn't win a championship with him either or get really any far with... Uh, well, we got far with Garnett once, one year. Um, definitely not all his fault, but partially because getting all of his buddies on the team, uh, basically, and trying to keep him happy, you know, that's always a bad thing. Koivu, a consummate team player, blah, blah, blah. Good captain this and that. Um, 
it kind of is what it is. It kind of is what it is at that stage. Um, got a Minnesota Wild question, says Derek Felska. Uh, after seeing their performance last night or coming out of the COVID hiatus, ask Brave the Wild, just tag your questions. Hashtag BTWMN and Paladino Live will answer as he's recording tomorrow. Yep, thank you very much. Looks like there's a response in there. Jay Bushy says... It was obvious that, oh yeah, they, he was really, yep, that was the, the first question I got to. I've actually never even hit the uh, hashtag BTW because, BTWMN, because I was uh, trying to get some of the replies in as well to kind of add to the show a tiny bit. But now I'll go there, probably for the best at this point. Sorry for bouncing around here. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account, and then hashtag BTWMN. And then here's the crappy part. It's not in chronological order, so i got to dance around a bit. To get back to where I want to be. That's the part I don't like. I, it used to be in chronological order. And I don't know why it isn't. I honestly don't. Here we go. Jay Bushy. Nope, that was last week. Damn. Okay. Yeah, but he was talking about the COVID. It was obvious that they came out with COVID. How long do you think it'll take them to come back? Okay, Tom Hayen. Here we go. And uh, they called it, uh, Derek Felska on a previous podcast used to call it the uh, Tom Hayen lightning round. Well, I love it. Let's have some lightning round. Tom Hayen says, how certain are we are that Addison is is a descendant of Ron Jeremy? I'm not too certain. <laughs> Ron Jeremy, huh? I'm not too certain on that one, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see with that. <laughs> but yes, I get it with the mustache and the long hair and all that. Yep, he's got that interesting look, doesn't he? <laughs> it's one of those, though. We'll see how that goes. I talked about that. Yep, talked about that. And then it goes all over the place again. Oh, this thing used to be good. There probably is a setting I could use that would fix this. Tom Han, here we go. Yes, yes, I agree with what Tom is saying here. Parisi has looked 63 years old the last handful of games with four more years on the contract after this one. What should fans expect over those four years? Uh, declining play. Declining play, unfortunately. Yep, I, it's it's scary. It it really is, isn't it, Tom? It, it's scary as hell, considering it, it, declining play. I mean, kind of like Ricky Rubio with the Timberwolves, like thirty years old and just you know, he's like vanishing off the face of the earth. And of course, they're blaming COVID for that one too. I mean, it's either you blame COVID for something or you blame someone else that I won't mention for everything. And it's not necessarily a good thing, is it? I don't know. Um, I'm sure COVID has effects, but I don't think it would shut down somebody's life completely like that. I don't know. As for Parisi, he didn't even have COVID, thank God. Um, He is hitting the wall. He really is. And that's what happens to guys that play the way he does. That's why Larry Bird in the NBA retired at 35. He just, you know, his body couldn't handle it. His back and his feet couldn't handle it anymore. He just, he overworked himself, literally. Uh, Tom Hayden continues, with the schedule even more condensed and loaded with games against the, the... the notes, snowflakes, and silver bishops. Yep, silver bishops. That's the kings. Yep. <laughs> Is the lottery pick a foregone conclusion? Right now, probably. Uh, with the way things are going, as we're continuing to struggle, the snowflakes, the avalanche. Who are the notes? The notes. Okay, that's the blues. Yep, the blues are the notes. The snowflakes. Yeah. Okay, silver bishops. Or actually, he probably means the. Uh, <laughs> he probably means the uh, golden knights. Actually. Yep. Possibly, because those are all really, really tough teams. And if we play anything like we did last night, oh boy, our last couple of days here, it's going to be bad. Uh, two days ago, it's going to be rough. It's going to be a struggle for this club. Maybe we'll just have to get another lottery pick and hope it's another good center. It, it is what it is. Maybe that's just what kind of year it's going to be. Yeah. And we can get another center. Maybe we can have two centers coming in in the course of next season, or maybe a year from now for the guy after Rossi. Like, Rossi will hopefully be on the wild as soon as next year. And then the guy moving forward after that will be a legitimate center, hopefully, praying to God. And some kind of a trade, some kind of a trade somehow, some way, the wild can get something, at least a second-line type of uh, quality center to help lead this team moving forward. Tom Hand lightning rod continues, which I appreciate. I like it very much. Read a lot of Minnesota Wild fans on Twitter last night. Read a lot of Wild fans on Twitter last night during and after the game who seemed upset, surprised by the performance. Really? Well, I was annoyed with the power play, but I I guess I shouldn't have been too surprised, I suppose. Good thing I didn't say too much. I was just kind of like, ugh, this is ugly. And yeah, it was ugly. 
We kind of looked like the yeah. We we looked a lot like the team after the Minnesota Wild traded away like Scott Pellerin and Sean O'Donnell guys like that back in two thousand one. You know, in the, in the uh, inaugural season, 2000-2001. We look kind of like that team, but the difference is we still have Kaprizov and Fiala. So it's, but it's it's frustrating. They're literally out on an island out there. Parisi's, like you were saying, looks like he's 63 years old. Suter looks like he's 53. And I don't know. You have rookies that just aren't ready. Like, Kalen Edison's probably not NHL ready. Let him keep building in the AHL. Ah, yeah. it's, it's, it's frustrating, but that's how that goes. Uh, goaltending situations all over the place. Kakinen's decent, but he's not like a star goaltender yet. He's going to keep developing. So, no, I agree. I understand with the uh, frustration there. You're wondering why people are so upset about it. Well, it's frustrating to watch, I guess. That's pretty much where I uh, stand on that one. Frustrating to watch. I mean, people are ranting when we shouldn't have. Uh, looks like I read these already from Derek. Those are the ones I read just a little minute ago. I think that's it. Keep going. Any more lightning round? I hope I hope there is. Thank you, Tom, for sharing. I really appreciate it, sharing the episode and retweeting. I know there are a few other retweets. Let's see. They're out there somewhere. Looks like, yep, that is it, though, for now. Let's uh, see who retweeted. So I could say thank you personally here. Yep, and I retweeted uh, Derek's article. We have the Wild decimated and overmatched. With, uh, the Wild were overmatched for Joe Rout by the Los Angeles Kings. What's going on? Oh, yeah, I guess I did a lot of retweeting, which is something I like to do. Where did it go? Where did it go? Who are the retweeters? Yep. Okay, uh, Wild Brazil. Thank you so much, Wild, uh, Wild Brazil. Thank you so much for retweeting. And then Lakers, Pies, Browns, Vinrock, and Tom Han and Derek Velska shared it. Thank you guys so, so much. Shared it on Twitter like a quote tweet, you could say. Thank you so much for that. It's always uh, greatly, greatly appreciated. And I retweeted Cam Stewart. He was uh, It was a pretty cool show last week with Russo Hockey. This week was with the big knocker, as they call him, the uh, the COVID guy. <laughs> the COVID doctor, basically, locally from the University of Minnesota. That's what, he, uh, that's what they call him on the Dan Barrero show, the big knocker. He went on with uh, straight for the source, from the source of Michael Russo last week. It was Cam Stewart. Pretty cool. One of the original Wild players. I actually saw him go down in his final moment. He was uh, hit against the wall and had a concussion and never played again. He had concussion issues at Cam Stewart. That was his last game ever. I remember Matt Johnson went after the player that did that and beat the crap out of him. The guy was immediately ejected. I can't remember who it was. It was Donald Brashear. It may have been. I don't think it was, but it may have been. But uh, we got to see, we literally saw Cam Stewart just go down flat. It was, oh, that was sad to see. And he never played again after that, did Cam Stewart. Crying, crying shame. I think that was his second year with Minnesota and then final game ever. I, got, I saw it happen. Yeah, Sad, very sad moment there. Seeing him just going on flat on his back like that. Oh, that was bad. Um, but with that said, thank all of you for, uh, thank you all very much for joining on the show today in the Fan Interaction segment at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, at MNW Prospects for the Twitter account for uh, MNW Prospects. Facebook.com forward slash BraveTheWild.Minnesota. Facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects. Always appreciated. Thank you, SodaPod, for some of the tweets out there, uh, the retweets out there, and uh, getting things going. I'll try to retweet as well, and I should. I, I usually do, but sometimes I don't. But uh, I usually do my best to retweet those of you out there that are good friends to me and to my show, especially Derek Felska with the uh, the Sports Daily. Uh, Crease and Assist, of course. At Crease and Assist, Derek Felska. Vinrock44, he's part of the Courtside Podcast, an awesome NBA show. We're uh, great friends on uh, Timberwolves Explosion and the Courtside Podcast there. Vinrock out of Australia. Um, Going to give shout-outs to Minnesota Wild Global, uh, Minnesota Wild Nation, of course, as well. Patrick Turner there. Minnesota Wild Global is Scott Cavendish, Chance Costic, David Costic, Kathy Main, Chad Wolski, absolutely Thank you always for having me a part of those pages and the conversations. Patrick Turner, good guy out there, uh, allowing me to uh, share the show on the page. And, of course, good interaction talking about Minnesota Wild Hockey. Thank you guys so much for being such a great hockey community. I can't thank you enough. It's made this more fun. Keep the questions coming. Keep the comments coming. They're always greatly appreciated. And can't thank you enough. Uh, please write a positive rating on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts if you could. Audible is another place you can actually review 
the uh, podcast, Audible apparently, and then the other place is Stitcher. So anybody and everybody that's willing to do that, thank you so much in advance if you are willing to do that. Also, it would be great to hear you on the show. If you would like to send in an audio submission, all you got to do is open up your smartphone and any free recording application out there. They're out there. They're usually built into your smart device. Open it up, press record, treat it like a phone call. When you're done, hit stop, share it, slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. Always appreciate it. We'd, be lo- we'd love to hear your voice on the show. You would lead off the fan interaction segment, and then we jump into the hashtag BTWMN. Thanks to Derek Fells for getting that thing going. Great idea. It really helped the show a lot. It's made the show more fun. I can interact with you and meet more people out there, at least in the Twitter world. It's, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. Can't thank you enough, Derek, for getting that going. Um, so, other than that, hopefully the Minnesota Wild can start scoring again. That would be terrific. And <laughs> hopefully guys get healthy. That's a big thing now. Kuznadinov with a shoulder injury. Rossi recovering. Sounds like he's getting better. Hopefully he is. I mean, go ahead and skate. Keep working out, practicing. And that's about it, I guess. Probably shouldn't play from what they've been saying. Probably shouldn't, even though it might seem like everything's okay and ready to roll. But I guess you have to play it safe. It sucks because he didn't get to play a whole lot when he did. It was a disaster with that stupid Austrian team. Damn it, the poor guy. I mean, I'm sure he enjoyed playing for his his, uh, country. I don't mean to call him stupid, but it's just that it was... uh, it was a rough situation for him, and I'm, man, he could have been in big trouble physically. <laughs> Good thing nothing happened to him out there, man, because he was literally, it was like one on five, the poor guy. Ooh, that's a scary situation to think about, but thank God in heaven, he, he he's okay and recovering. With that said, again, take care, and we will see you next week. Go wild. Go wild.